0: cofield and company in the finley toyota studio
1: on espn las vegas
2: second hour of cofield and company if you're just joining us and saying hey what do you mean doesn't the show start now no on mondays we get started at 2 p.m pacific time i am not steve cofield A lot of people think I sound like Steve. I feel like I don't. Well, Steve Kim did. He did. But I don't think we sound the same, do we? I don't think so. Okay. We're both bitter and angry. I'm not as bitter. Or as angry. (laughs) I think I've got some happiness left in me. Yeah, maybe. A little. Although, I was complaining about the Sunday day of football. Sunday night was not that much better. Well... It wasn't. I mean, the the it would have been. The refs ruined it. Where do you want to go? I want to save. Demond's getting something that we need to expand on the conversation that what happened at the end of that game. Yeah. Do we go down the path of Josh Allen? Oof. <laughs> Oof.
3: Yeah? Oof. I mean, look, he was, you know, he wasn't good. The offense was bad a second straight week, which I think – is the bigger concern. I mean, I think you could point to, hey, they traveled to London. They, you know, didn't, you know, they might not have traveled the best way. And they mm-hmm. were complaining about the being tired and all those other things. And then they flew home. And then, you know, you're jet lagged and unhappy. Although I get more jet lag going there than back. So that's weird. But um, it's, it's been a tough travel week for mm-hmm. sure. And, you know, you, it used to be that teams had a week off guaranteed. Now you get to decide if you want one or not uh, the week after
2: your London game. It is interesting that so many teams are, I guess for lack of a better term, biting the bullet and tough and through it. But I guess if you're an East Coast team, it makes more sense. Yeah, but I think you'd also rather,
3: you'd rather have an actual bye week. Like if you take your bye week right after London, then all of a sudden you're not really starting your bye until like Tuesday. Right. But um, I think teams just want to have their bye where they can just play the game and then be off. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that's part of why they do it. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, that, that's, that's part of it. Yeah. Um, but I also, you know, last night, of course, you know, to me was kind of a massive game. I didn't have that much interest in it because um, I I actually don't think Daniel Jones is hurt.
2: Oh, you think it's just like we can't, like, we can't I do think, this anymore? Yeah,
3: the, the rest of the team around him is so decimated right now that I think they're like, look, we invested a lot of money in this guy. He can't play. Mm-hmm. Because he's getting inundated by pass rush as soon as he takes the snap.
2: He's already a below-average quarterback yeah. that needs to be brought up. He needs everything uh, perfect brought up. him. Yes, right. by the pieces around And
3: him. you're not only ruining his body by taking shot after shot after shot, but ruining his confidence. And so we'll put this, you know, our veteran backup in there to take on this feared pass rush uh, that we're playing against that could severely potentially hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they literally signed, for those that weren't paying they, they literally signed an offensive, a starting offensive lineman, off the street he made a joke about it last night in the intro Justin Pugh when you know everybody says they're college and he goes Justin Pugh off the couch and it was funny but it was true he literally had not played a game in a year was sitting at home they brought him in said hey we need a starting lineman can you play and so that's the situation they were throwing Tyrod Taylor into last night I was going to say
2: by the way if that's the real situation yeah I don't think congrats Tyrod congrats Tyrod you're going to start yes oh yeah and I thought that's what it was um, and, and then, it, it, look,
3: he didn't set the world on fire. He was the better quarterback on the field last night. He didn't set the world on fire. But he he showed that the offense can be competent if you can move out of the pocket, recognize where the rush is coming from. And I think maybe a, a good lesson for for Daniel Jones of, like, yeah, you're going to be inundated with three rushers as soon as you take the snap. But you have to find a way to get out of there and make a play work. Mm. And that's I thought that's what he did again. Not, no nobody's gonna say that was some earth shattering performance last night. But compared to what the Giants' offenses look like, that that was like the you know that was like the 2007 Patriots. Like that was by far the the best the Giants have operated this year. Uh, So I mean that was that was encouraging. But for the obviously the main storyline which people take away like. Refs, get, refs make bad calls all the time. They screw up games all the time. We get that. We understand that. Most games, most close games, are decided by a decision by a ref one way or the other. It's not usually decided by players. That's why when people say, oh, "I'll take it out of the ref's hands. Let the players decide it, it," that's that's the ref deciding it. Correct. The ref not making a call is deciding it. Like, how do you not understand that? And to do what they did to take away what could have been probably the best moment of somebody's career. Maybe the best moment of their life. The way that he was treated in that city, mm-hmm. not by the organization necessarily, but by the fans, for what he did, and he comes back in there, and with a terrible team around him, beats a potential Super Bowl team, and you take that away from him, it's gross.
2: It's gross. I would agree. I I don't. The thing that bothers me. There's a lot of things that bother me about what happened yesterday. So. For those – obviously, a lot of people watch this. For those who didn't, they go 13 plays, 56 yards after a missed field goal for Buffalo. They have one play left at the end of the game, the New York Giants do, to win it. Darren Waller is the target, and he is grabbed by the defender immediately. Immediately. When he gets off the line of scrimmage, all the way through the end of the play where you can see visibly – To make
3: it clear, well-run play – actually, the Bills did a good job defending it, too. But a well-run play that should have had a receiver wide open, should have been a touchdown – and Teron Johnson, who is phenomenal as a slot corner. He's been good lately. Um, he makes he makes the smart play and just grabs on. So, look, that's a touchdown. I gotta grab this guy. I'm stopping a touchdown by
2: grabbing this guy. And by the way, that's why you do it too. There yeah. is the small chance that what transpired transpires. yeah they is, don't call it. They don't call it. Yeah. And and that's
3: what he did. He committed a penalty on purpose because he had given up a touchdown. Yep. And,
2: you know, good on him if it's not called. But you can't allow that to happen if you're an official. You can't. And this is one of the things that bugs me. This is Terry McCauley during the game, right? Right after the, the play is over.
3: I refused to listen to him last
2: night. It so was to it, it. it is incredible to hear. Like this is why you need to you need certain guys who are gonna be willing to call what is happening like truthfully. We all watched what happened. And so I'm gonna use this term for the first time. Terry McCauley tried to gaslight America last night <laughs> into thinking that what we watched was perfectly acceptable.
4: Yeah, Mike, it certainly wouldn't be holding the balls in flight. Mm-hmm. And, and, and had the ball not been in flight, that jersey pull is an automatic foul. We understand that. Once the ball's in flight, now it changes what, what, what that pull means. It has to significantly hinder the receiver. And one can argue it did. Right. I mean, that, that certainly, you know, one can argue it, it, it maybe didn't. But again, that's the level you're looking for for a foul. Does that jersey grab significantly hinder the receiver's ability to make the play?
3: Yes, it did. It did. Of course it did. But Nobody- also also here the other problem is that he grabbed the jersey before and after. So, I'm glad No, I'm glad you brought that up. <laughs> so,
2: that was- so, if you watched, did you you didn't watch at all or did you watch this interaction with Tarrico and Collinsworth and and McCauley? No. So, it is kind of good. Tariko is trying to be professional to a fault. Because Tariqos after McCauley goes to that weird stumbling explanation that's a non explanation, he's like, Oh, you know, it's insightful, I didn't really think about it. You could see Collinsworth kinda of roll his eyes and he's like, you know what? No, I'm gonna kind of professionally call you on your issue, Macaulay. This is ridiculous.
4: All right, the ball's in the air. Let me give you yeah. this from Waller's perspective. Yeah. The hold starts right here. You're gonna see the grab, the jersey tug starts about two yards into the end zone. And now as he tries to put up the second hand to go make the catch, the continued hold is basically keeping that left hand from going up in the air. Now, I know that's a subtle thing that is very difficult, but there's no question in my mind that that impacted his ability to try to make that catch.
2: Yeah, we're Correct. not idiots, <laughs> Correct. And that's why I just, like we, uh, we as a society have watched football for quite a while now. We're not stupid, so don't talk to us like we're stupid well, and try to are. explain. But some it, people are. Some people are. But it's just I don't need the guy who is still tight with the other officials that doesn't want to make them look bad on the broadcast. Yeah. Call it how it is. They did not call an egregious foul, and it should have been called. But like Perry, point blank. Yeah. Stop saving your relationships. Yeah. Why? Otherwise, why are you on there? Because there are. I mean, there are
3: times when you explain a rule, like hey. This illegal substitution, this like mechanics of how you know referees operate. You're like, okay, fine, but then don't have him on if he refuses to acknowledge the obvious. Like, I I can't. I'm sure there are just blind Bills fans that are just like, whatever. Even Bills fans are like, yeah, those, of course that's interference. How, no, you can't with any any kind of with any kind of credibility say that it's not a penalty. It's not. That's not. A, that can't be an argument. It's do you want to call – I heard somebody else say, oh, you don't want to call a penalty two plays in a row. Okay. But here's the thing. The penalty on the play before also prevented a touchdown. They would have scored without the pass interference on the previous play. They would have scored without the interference on this play. So you have to call it. And and also, I've, you know, I, I make this case all the time, but be careful because the Bills are going to be in some important games this year. And you, as a fan, if you're saying – I don't. It's not a penalty. I wouldn't have called it. It's the right call. Whatever. Lose any chance at any time of arguing or being mad
2: when you get screwed by a call later in the year. It's agreed. And this is also why, kind of going back to what you were talking about, it irritates me when we have the conversations of just
1: let them play. (laughs) It's so dumb.
2: It it is. It's so dumb because this is what happens when you just let them play. (laughs) A team that should have. We don't know. Look, the next the free play. Could have thrown an incomplete. They probably sure. could have lost. Yeah. But the point is, I think they would
3: have run from the half yard
2: line. I mean, but right. But whatever it was, yeah. right. You, whatever they could have gotten stuffed. They could have failed. Sure. The point is that they should have had another crack at it. Yeah. And this whole notion of oh, you hate to see the game end on a, on a foul. If it's a if it's a penalty, it's a penalty. Right, you hate to see the game
3: end on a referee deciding not to call a penalty. Exactly. Like if any time if your if your argument is I don't want to see the referees decide the game, that's deciding the game. So we deserve this
2: is what I'm saying. Yes, we fans? deserve this. Yes. Yeah. I because guess. everybody sits there and whines and moans when it's like, oh, no, you can't let him. Just let him play, ref. Just let him play. Okay. This is what you're going to get when you let him play. Yeah. Yeah. You're going to get egregious fouls. And like, by the way, too, and this is what we talked. This is what you said. It's a smart play. I screwed up. Let me do this because there's a small chance that these guys aren't really going to yeah. call it.
3: Yeah. I, I'm trying to think who. Oh, uh, Sam Monson was talking about this uh, from PFF this morning. Um, and he's he you know he's a, he's Irish. He relates a lot of things to uh, soccer and mm-hmm. things like that. But he said it's a it's an old thing in soccer where if you are called for a penalty at some point in the game and give up a penalty kick, then you just start egregiously taking guys down in the box the rest of the game because like refs will never call another penalty. Sure, it's like there's you get one penalty, that's it. And he said it's kind of what the Bills decided to do
2: here and said, all right, they're not going to call two in a row. Let's just tackle the receiver. And they did. And it worked. And that should not be, going back to your gripe all the time about officiating and whatnot, that, 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 should, just, that should be pretty black and white. If it's foul, it's not. You're going to call it. You're going to throw the flag, whatever. That should not enter the thought process. It should not be, hey, Sunday. You're like, when they're lining up for that play, if you're an official, you cannot go, okay, Sunday night, prime time, everybody's watching. I just called a foul. I'm going to let them play on this one. Yeah. No. No. Because then I cannot trust you as an official throughout your entire tenure. If it is a foul, it is a foul. What does is, what is let, let the players decide it or let them play even even
3: mean? Yeah. Like your job is to, if there's a an, a, a, a violation, to call it. That, that's it. You're not deciding that you can't call two in a row or you can't, you know, you can't end the game on a penalty because of whatever reason. Like if there's a penalty, you call it. That that's a pretty simple job. You shouldn't be thinking of scenarios or context or anything like that. You shouldn't even know the score. You watch the play and call it. That's it.
2: So we like to exchange notes in the morning time, get each other's thoughts. There's times where we're kind of on the same page. Like DeMond when he sent in that he thought yesterday's NFL slate kind of sucked. Mm-hmm. So did I. Incorrect. What do you mean?
3: Yesterday was boring. Wasn't that good? That was great.
2: It wasn't. Browns Niners game
3: was fantastic. That was Breakdown a ten to the wire. P.J. Before. Walker getting a victory. Just because it's close
2: doesn't mean it's good. Tyrod outplaying Josh Allen in Buffalo. How
3: Did, he Did he win?
2: Did he win? Okay. I don't think so. So I don't say how you. I don't see how you could say he outplayed him. Okay. He lost. Am I wrong? Did he win? No. So I brought that up. I don't know why I'm going so hard. Yeah, yeah. I brought that up because you sent over your notes. And I think the way you put it was the Raiders won, I guess. Yeah. Because, so I, like Damon, who was just doing this during the show, re watching the game, I re watched the game this morning, getting ready for the show. And I just found myself thinking, like, and I had obviously watched it yesterday, but not in detail because there's multiple games going on. And I'm, I, the whole time I'm watching, I'm like, they won this game. <sighs> <laughs> they just—they didn't look overly impressive, and I get it. Jimmy G went out, but even when Jimmy G was out there, like the offense looked better. Better, play better without him, right? But like, yeah, it didn't look incredible. Like, I was kind of even watching him defensively. Can't really stop the run, you know. And I just—I thought even because you put it in your notes, like, hey, obviously the defense is ahead of the offense right now, which is true. I was also amazed. I read your piece. It had not hit me until I read your piece this morning. That that was the first time they had cracked twenty points this season. Yeah. <laughs> I think it, yeah. it, it, it did not register me
1: at all. They only all. did it because I got a safety. At the Correct. Yeah. They, had, so, they had nineteen. So, so they had offensively,
2: it. they still have yet to crack the twenty point yeah. mark. Um, it was just a really unintthu- like unimpressive victory. Back to back weeks, they have
3: won home games despite very mid performances. <laughs> good, good use of the term. Yeah, uh, but they played two horrific teams. And now they're going to play Tyson Baggant. Next week. Who, I, mean, do, I thought was a Harry Potter character? Is that Is that somebody in Harry Potter?
2: It's kind of sound. I go more uh, you know what it sounds like to me? I think of Bilbo Baggins, Lord of the Rings. That's, oh, Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that's yeah, that's, yeah. that's who I was thinking of. Yeah.
3: I don't know anything about those things. Tyson
2: Baggins of Bag End. Yeah. Yeah, that's who I was thinking of.
3: <laughs> Bilbo Baggins. I thought that was Harry Potter. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, it's uh it's Lord of the Rings. Yeah, that, so Get that's that's right. Who, that's who All they're right. playing. Lives in the or, Shire. Or do Don't laugh like you don't know. Don't laugh like it's just some weird nerdy thing to understand these little subtle things about the uh, the story of Lord of the Rings. Don't the Bears still have Peterman? I, I think they do. It. I mean, you got to see what you got in The Hobbit.
3: <laughs> I mean, this, it could be, <laughs> it's either, ho- well, Grublo has not been ruled out yet. And they they did, you know, as uh, Joshua Davis put it, dodge a bullet uh, with, you know, no, they, I think they feared it was real, real bad. Mm. Um. And they, they've rolled him out, so we don't know. But it could potentially be either Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell against either Bilbo Baggins or <laughs> Nathan Peterman. I think he's still on the roster. I mean, this is – they they could win again next week. Sure. They're favored to win against a team that has no business being in the NFL. Like three straight weeks. And all of a sudden you're four and three. Now, I there was a line and – I don't – look – I'm not piling on Josh McDaniels. Okay. Nathan Peterman is their third listed uh, okay. quarterback, by the way. Did you – maybe we have to grab this so you can hear
2: it. Okay. They released the locker room speech. Oh, he's probably terrible at locker room speeches. There's no way he's good at locker room speeches. He's awful. Can we – you know what we should but do
3: he, is- did, he did say – one of the things he said, he goes, He goes. we don't throw any fish back, which means oh, – in like, other words, they're they're they got the win. They'll take the win. They're not going to apologize for it. That's th- such a gonna terrible ke- <laughs> line.
2: going to keep it. <laughs> it's like it's like that's that's telling them, that oh, you guys played like crap, he but we did, got it." No, he basically had he he was setting it up. He's like, "Look, it wasn't good. It wasn't pretty. We'll take it. We don't throw any fish back." Could we come up all all three of us? Could we come up with a better locker room speech? Could you get intense? Could you could you no. rally the troops? No, because
3: it, it's so much about it as the moment,
2: right? Like you can't. You can't fake excitement. You can. Hey, listen up. (laughs) (laughs) This is funny. Hey, all these people out here are going to talk about how we didn't deserve that win, about how all our wins are garbage. Last time I checked, we got a W in that column, boys. That's right, coach. That's right. So you don't let them tell you what that win means. You know what that win means? Mm -hmm. That means you're 3-3 right now, boys. That means you won two straight. And you keep fighting. You want to know why? Yes, football! Yeah, there we go.
3: I will say, this good. <laughs> to your point, uh, tell now, me you're not fired up. Now we know how, like, how you get the kids out of bed in the morning. <laughs> that's right. We're to win this day. <laughs> Like, all right, that's good. Uh, to your point, at one point during the speech, he was like, "Okay, men," and you heard like a,
2: "Yeah, <laughs> yeah." I probably shouldn't say boys, but I, you know, I wanted to be part of it. You know what I mean? But yeah, men's better. It wasn't the most. I, we're not, we're not piling on. It's not his strength.
3: And I think any time we're well, around I, him. Guy is, right here. The
1: team tweeted it out. Oh, um, yeah? yeah? That's All right, play this, Yeah, right. Let's, let's play this, this. this. Hey.
4: Hey. We won. <laughs> Listen, don't you dare apologize for victories in this league. You hear me? Okay.
1: Uh, anybody? You guys want to keep going? Yeah. They edit out the curses. Okay. You're, okay, fine. Yeah. You're fine. You're hard You're fine. to
4: come by. All right. And, you, and we've already been in some the other way. Went the other way. We're on the losing end of a close one, too. All right. So we don't give any fish back here. Yeah. All right. You with me on this? Yes, sir. Okay. So, again, I'm damn proud of the effort. All right. I'm damn proud of the way we fight. All right. We know we have to clean some things up. So we can win and not take years off my life. Yes, sir. You hear me on this? Yes, sir. We got to fix some things here so that we can make life easier on all of us. Yes, okay? On all of us. And that's really the thing. But you should enjoy it. Yes, sir. Right, listen, we're three and three. We clawed back. Yes, sir. Right, listen, we can't give any back. Oh, no. Okay? We can't give any back. All right? Our mindset and our attitude is work every day, put it in, prepare hard, get ready for the next team, and then go... F- Everything we got, Hell yeah. right? Then we got to keep doing that, okay? Hey, get used to man. every That's day. Come Max. in here with a purpose to win. Every single day, right. get better and improve. Right. Yeah,
2: 1%. Max took over. Mine was better. Mine was way better. It was not, I mean, it wasn't. We Sky don't mean. give any fish back. <laughs> <laughs> I will say one of my favorite social interactions. As I said on the show before, I love the locker room speech or just the speech in general. And then you hear the guys like, yep, uh-huh, mm-hmm.
3: Well, like, was, you know. That one point, there was like, are you with me? Like, yeah.
2: There was like <laughs> three guys. There's, there's 53 dudes in there. There was just one guy. It was probably the 53rd man on the roster. Uh-huh. Yes, yeah,
1: sir. Because <laughs> Colton Miller was right in front of him. Like, Colton Miller's in the shot the entire time. Well,
3: Colton, Didn't look inspired. Colton Colton would be a, the kind of guy that, like, and this this is actually not a criticism. This is actually just an observation. Like, if the house on fire, he'd be like, yeah, hey, we should probably go.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, we should probably get out of here. So, He's so chill about everything. I wanted to ask both of you. DeMond's a big Raiders fan. Do in, an inspirational in a... locker room. Well, it's a question, though. I guess you can go. Yeah. All right. So here's a question. Who are we? Six games in. Who are the Las Vegas Raiders?
3: A team that can beat the worst teams in the league and probably not beat anybody that has any ability. Cool. So 6-10. and ten.
2: No, sorry. 6-11? and 7-11. 7-11. No, that's 18. No, that's Six 18. And no, just, 7 and 10. Okay, there you go. Yeah. So they're going to, like you have said. The worst possible record. Because <laughs> you're just going to be stuck right in the middle. 7 and 10
3: and 8 and 9 are the two worst possible records you can have. And that's what the, that's where they're going to be. What about 8, 8 clear? and 1? That's the worst. Okay. <laughs> okay. that's the worst. Without a tie, 7 and 10 is the worst, 8,
2: uh, eight and 9 is the worst, 7 and 10 is second worst. DeMond, you're, you're a fan of this team. Do you like that? Do you like getting you like re- that? Do you like barely beating really bad teams to improve your record? Because ultimately, even with Jimmy also, G, look, I just I don't see. Here's a the team- other thing.
3: Here's the other thing, though. Because what happened in 2021 is that was the they were a seven and ten to, or there was only sixteen then mm-hmm. whatever they were a seven ten team that like the last five weeks of the season played five backup quarterbacks I think mm-hmm. and won those games.
1: Mm-hmm. So you can yes, if sir. you look
3: ahead, yeah, Mahomes gets hurt, Herbert gets hurt, uh, whoever else they have down the street. Cleveland there was there, there was a COVID issue with him. That year but I'm saying this year like oh. at the end of the year they've got uh, I think the Chargers are I think are the last game the Chiefs are down their stretch also like if Mahomes and Herbert are hurt and all of a sudden you're seven and ten we can become nine and eight and you sneak into the playoffs so so I guess in that regard yes they are, hang around as long as you can but I I feel like as you know if you're looking at it seven and ten and eight and nine is the absolute ceiling seven and ten is probably where they're gonna be maybe six and eleven. And that's just a terrible place to be, especially in a draft where you could actually
1: find the quarterback of the future. My point is, somebody's got to win these games. Someone has to They're playing the inferior teams. Why not us? Well, not in two weeks. I mean, they're gonna, I, I would
3: think they're going to get crushed by the Lions. Okay, and then the Giants. Well, if Tyrod's still playing, Giants probably win that game. The Jets. They almost took down the Bills. Come on. I don't know. What are you talking about? The Jets embarrassed- are embarrassed. Yeah. They've embarrassed every quarterback they've played, according to
1: Robert Salah. <laughs> yeah i'm just saying that they're not playing their schedule isn't that tough right now why'd you mm-hmm. stop there what's oh. after that <laughs> what do you mean yeah what, what
3: does it go after that because i was doing this last night i'm like Ooh. this is the worst scenario they're gonna be like six and four yep. and everybody's up. gonna start getting excited and then Real what Maybe nice, then, the, then what
1: it's that locker room right there the yep. other mcdaniel the dolphins oh, yeah, at, the, at the dolphins okay winnable game kansas city <laughs> Okay, anything Winnerable. can happen in a rivalry game yeah win- sure the vikings they don't even work Kirk cousins anymore okay chargers okay chiefs again colts they don't have a quarterback right now at okay. <laughs> no, okay. the colts i'll weep and then finish the season with the broncos easy win we'll see you're telling me that they can't win one two three this is good counting on the air four or five games Okay, that's eight. Congrats, that's eight nine eight wins. That's eight nine. We
3: just said that's the worst record you could have. Eight nine.
2: <laughs> so you're going to have to be one of, right? One of the Kansas City games, the Dolphins game. You're gonna have to win,
1: Adam. You go in that to- locker room and you tell them to lay down. <laughs> <laughs> you do that. But do it. Do it. Do it in like a fiery locker room fashion.
3: I know there's a couple guys that I know have seen some things I've said and written <laughs> that aren't happy with me.
1: Yeah. So what are you expecting to do, Adam? Just go out there and intentionally drop passes? Throw back the fish? We that don't, ain't throw, we we don't, don't give a fish back here. <laughs> we don't give it back here.
2: One last point on this Raiders-Patriots game. Condolences to anybody who had Patriots plus the points. Yeah. After what. Mac Jones drops a dime that is dropped. Was it Devontae Parker? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect pass. Perfect pass where it needed to be. Then he gets sacked for the safety. But at the end, of, near the end of this game, the, the the last drive for the Patriots, the penultimate drive where they scored the touchdown, did you hear Tony Romo? Oh no, you didn't. You no. were in there. You were in the building. But subsequently, after the game, did you see anything from Tony Romo in this broadcast? Uh, no, because I watched it last night with no sound. So Romo, when they score the touchdown, so when they score the touchdown, they are down by three before the extra point. So the extra point makes it a two point game. Sure. Romo, before they kicks the extra point. I think was thinking a little too hard about this thing, suggested an alternate strategy. I've always wondered in this situation
4: right here, if you go for you can go for one. And obviously you make it where a field goal wins the game. It's really good job and Bennett's late. He needed to fit that gap sooner on the edge, the corner. But I always thought if you go for two and you get it, Jim. Then you can be really aggressive on defense, and if they score, you're still down eight points. And you got a chance with the ball. It's a maddening decision. you, know, so you
3: got it. I, I like this play right here, well, Ryland. Because now you win it with a field goal. Huh? It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it, as soon as he said, "I've always wanted in this situation," I knew where he was going to go with yeah. that. Because um, it is, depending on how much time left, it is. It's it's an interesting thought that if you get within one, uh-huh. then the other team scores. But then the problem is the proper thing for them to do would be to go
2: for two to so then go up nine. Right. So it's not a one-score game anymore. Because the thinking is, I would assume, you kick the extra point, you're down by two, they go down, kick a field goal, it is a five-point game and you need a touchdown,
3: right? What, no, but, that, but what it really is is even if they get a touchdown, right. it's, still it's still only a one-score game. Right. But if you're down by two and they get a touchdown, now it's nine, mm-hmm. now it's out of reach. So he's saying you're going to be super aggressive defensively. You can, it, but if you're only down one, you can completely sell out. And if they do beat you over the top and score, who cares It's still a one score game right. but the benefit would be that you're ultra aggressive um, and can force a turnover potentially. And then the, the, the negative side if you don't get the two, you're still only down three. It's still you know field goal is still a one score game and you still tie it with a field goal. Obviously, going for the extra point. I'm, I'm very rarely a kick the extra point guy. You kick the extra point. <laughs> kick the extra point in this situation. That,
2: that's why sure. I slugged it as like, I, I, I see the path you're walking down, Tony. Yeah. I just yeah, think yeah.
3: you're thinking too hard. Yeah, that's way too much. And, and there There is, but I think there's also a tendency for people that don't quite understand the math to just think it's all, like the analytics, people always say go for two and always say go for it on fourth down. Right. It's not true.
2: Just like in basketball. All
3: they want to do is shoot threes. Yeah. It's not true. No,
2: not true. Uh,
3: but the, the, that's the easy kind of knock on, oh, you analytics people just want to go for it a fourth down and go for two point conversions. No, we want to do that a lot more often, but not every time there are times to to do something different. I honestly was stunned. Uh, and I was stunned that the bills decided to kick a field goal instead of punt last night.
2: Their last one that they missed. Yeah. Yeah.
3: You kick a, like a 55 yard field goal and wind. Instead of punting and trying to pin down a team with no timeouts and less than a minute and a half
2: left, it's like kicking a field goal at home against the team that would have extended it, the game. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, who would I, do that though?
3: I was a little, I was a little bit surprised by that. Um, but they, you know, they kicked the extra point or they kicked the field goal and they missed it, and, and that was kind of weird. And man, I don't even want to get started on. You know the best coaching job of the week to me mm. in college football. Don't tell me, Dan Lanning.
2: Oh yes! Oh, absolutely! Okay. Dan Lanning I, did
3: everything right. The only, I was the I only, was only question.
2: The, the thing he did wrong was the, the play first, calls.
3: Well, end of the first half, I probably, I probably would have kicked only because you don't get the benefit. One of the benefits of going for it. People never talk about the really the quick thing for
2: our audience who didn't watch it. Dan Lanning at Oregon head coach. End of the first half, they have a goal to go situation with essentially no time left. And it was one play. It was one goal play. to go. You you and he elects to forego a field goal that would have made it a one point game. I think yeah, they, were they were down, were down, by down four, five. right or five. I think okay. they're down five, and instead tries to go for the touchdown. Ultimately, doesn't get it. One of right. two fourth downs. Bad that he play attempted, call. It was a bad um, play call because the other fourth down was a fourth and three. But Washington had no timeouts left with just over two minutes. Right, that would have essentially won the game. So sorry. Uh,
3: okay. Yeah, and so he, uh, the the argument could be there because people always th- they, they never think that they're that. The reason the analytics exist is because it tries to play out the rest of the scenarios. Like which a coach cannot possibly do in that five or six seconds he has to make that decision. You can't play your way through all those scenarios. So analytics kind of helps you out like this, 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 and this could happen. Mm-hmm. This is the most likely. Like it plays out all those scenarios. So that's what people don't realize. And in that case, going for I I I I like the decision to go for it a little bit, but you don't get the benefit if you don't get it of pinning a team deep, which is part of Mm -hmm. the decision of going for it in most cases. But you don't get that because it's the last play of the half. I probably would have kicked the field goal in that scenario, but that's close. But the end of the game, near midfield, fourth and three, in a game where offenses have dominated, like of course you go for it, for multiple reasons, one being what ended up happening, which is that you don't get it. If you get it, you win the game. Mm -hmm. If you don't, Washington probably scores quickly – and then you have the ball with a chance to come back and win it on the other end. Which, which is, is what happened.
2: They had they had a chance to force overtime. Yeah. yeah.
3: And people are like, like, oh, they had a chance because they scored so quick. Yeah. That's part of the equation. Yep. Of course it is. If you if you have a team that could take the lead on you, and you if you're going to make them drive the length of the field, time's going to run out. If they have to drive short, you're probably going to have time to come back. Which is it's- what happened. That that was the right decision. And along the same lines last night, Brian Dayball kicking a field goal when it was 7-6 early in the fourth quarter, mm. was silly. It was fourth and inches. And I know you're having a hard time running the ball. Just get up there and get the first down. Don't kick the field goal because what happened, then the Bills come down score a touchdown. Now you need a touchdown back the other and way. And that is
2: surprising for a guy who I think does a lot in terms of maximizing the probability of his team winning.
3: Usually. Usually he does. That was silly. I, I was, And I get, you know, hey, yeah, you want to take the lead in the fourth quarter. There's a There's a tendency to want to do that, but that's not the way you win a game.
1: Coalfield and Company's Eye on Sports Betting, betting. with Sammy P. Sammy P.
2: It's a good time for Sam to join us after what we just witnessed on the internet. Sam Peniotovic, Nesson, uh, Fox Sports, uh, Chicken Dinner Podcast as well. Sam, it's good to talk to you. So uh, Adam just played something for the studio just now. It was a man incarcerated, needed what, $10,000. Yeah, needed
3: 10000 only had 500
2: Needed $10,000, only had $500 to get to uh, to serve bail, so he wanted to get out for freedom. He put together a parlay of the Raiders, the Bills, yeah. the Jets, the Liberty, New York Liberty, and one more uh, the Lions. 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 So uh, a five team money line parlay. No, six. I think six. Was there six. was a six one that yeah, we didn't yeah. remember. A six team money line parlay, Sam. That somebody put together would have paid out about twelve thousand dollars on a five hundred dollar bet, and he hit it. So our guy's free.
0: The best part about the entire parlay is you just had to sprinkle a little WNBA in there. That's of the best part.
2: You need a six team. You can't do a five team. We've all been there. We've all talked to people like, "Hey man, I need one more. I need one more <laughs> to get this payout a little bit higher." What, what do you think?
0: We've all been there in terms of making that parlay we shouldn't make. I don't think any of us have been there. Well, I shouldn't speak for Hill. I've never been needing the parlay to get out of bail, though.
3: (laughs) Well, you never know. So far... I mean, there's still I could time left some to of live. those
0: trips to Tijuana where you need, like, some Spanish basketball team to come through for you. I could just picture that now. I don't even know what you're I talking
2: mean, about. mean, also good for him. There's two underdogs on it. Like, a lot yeah, of people yeah. just put together a bunch oh, of Jets favorites to try to get it. Yeah. But as,
3: as we pointed out, the last game of the night is your Bills money line over the, Gi- over the Giants and basically an atrocious decision by the referees <laughs> gets you your freedom. So, basically, the, re- the NFL referees are for getting people out of jail. So, good. Social justice warriors, the NFL refs—I like it.
0: That is so funny that I didn't even think about the you know the chronological <laughs> placement of the bets because yeah, he's sweating that out thinking if I go down to Tyrod Taylor and the New York Giants on Sunday night where Buffalo is a 16-point favorite, that I mean you deserve to be in jail at that point. <laughs> uh, let me let me ask let me ask a question to you, Adam. Is Josh Allen is he not good Ooh. anymore? Uh. It
3: hasn't been great. I mean, he obviously got played, outplayed last oh, I night. I thought
2: Adam definitely was going to say anymore more. Was yeah. he ever? Yeah, I know.
3: <laughs> uh, definitely got outplayed last night, but I mean, that's, you know, it's, it is what he is. I mean, he, he's very inconsistent. He makes incredibly high-level plays and then can have three and a half quarters where he can't even play football. So it's it's been fascinating to watch.
0: Yeah, I keep talking to guys that make numbers for a living, and, you know, power ratings are a very popular driver of a lot of the stuff that we do. As you guys both know and you know heading into this week um a very respected odds maker told me san francisco one buffalo two kansas city three and i don't know how many times we keep giving buffalo the benefit of the doubt like they are not the second best team in the nfl right now now they have the potential to be a top three team but i think it's crazy to sit here you know just about halfway through the season and think that buffalo can't be a team that makes a playoff run but I, I I I just I can't put them on the two line right now. I can't. I, I
3: think I think they're just a very misread team, right? And that no matter what they do well, Josh Allen gets the hype. They're an elite defense with an inconsistent offense. That's what they are. They're an incredibly defensive team whose offense can't is capable of putting up points and numbers, but doesn't do it often enough for them to win at a very high level, but they're a defensive driven team and that's I think why power rating numbers look they look pretty good. Even though their offense at times can really scuffle,
0: which which plays into not to jump ahead here, but I, I think you know when you really think about next week's game or next weekend's game for that matter, Buffalo is laying nine and a half at New England, and I'll tell you right now, I'm laying Buffalo before I take it with New England. <laughs> I'm not
3: impressed by the Patriots.
0: They have eight touchdowns in six games. They are a team that as long as I've been alive, and granted there were some seasons like the 7 season when Brady threw 50 touchdowns and all that, but let's just say that 70% of the time that Belichick has been the coach, they've been able to run the ball and run it with success, which sets everything else up. If you can run it, you can throw it. These jerks have 502 yards on the ground in six games. They can't run it the quarterback can't throw it. They can't stop anybody now. I mean, Brian Hoyer is moving the ball with regularity in the second half yesterday. And Bill looks so defeated. The team is making excuses like Devontae Parker was like, yeah, maybe I should have caught it. It hit him in the hands. <laughs> hit him in the hands. And he's dodging accountability. This is as bad as it's been since the late nineties in new England. And, it's not getting any better, boys. I mean, Judon is still out for another six weeks. Their best corner, Christian Gonzalez, in the making, is out for the whole season. And, and the adjusted win total now on New England is four and a half. Four and a half. Oof.
2: I mean, I go under because I think they want yeah, yeah, Caleb Williams. Uh, but are, are you are you making this speech to us, Sam, if Mac Jones does not get sacked in the end zone?
0: Am I what? I'm sorry?
2: Are you making this speech to us if Mac Jones does not get sacked in the end zone and they end up covering
0: well, yeah. I mean, <laughs> they have no hope. They have, they have no, they have no hope. I even if they win that game, um, they're still not good enough to make the playoffs. And yeah, I, I know what you're. I know what you're doing. You saw my tweet because I had that <laughs> vision of of Mac Jones. I'm holding a ticket on New England plus three, which I don't know if you could say it was the dead on right side. They were still needing to crawl back into that game to get that touchdown. Ramondre had to put him inside the number, but once they pinned. The Patriots, like inside their own fifteen, all I could do was close my eyes and see that jerk throwing a pick six, and it—it it wasn't a pick <laughs> six. Um, took the sack in the end zone to lose by four, and I'm holding plus three. I was dead. I was dead inside last night.
3: Which also it also set up uh, the the fantastic contribution from Hunter Renfro, who's making thirteen million dollars a year to be an onside kick catcher. Which was a uh, very impressive. Uh, on the last, <laughs> is that play.
0: all he does now? He doesn't. Uh, they don't throw him the ball. Well,
3: anymore? he had seven snaps on offense. Uh, didn't get a target. Uh, it's been I'll unbelievable. i take, that, after I'll take the way, that gig. The way that he absolutely dominated training camp to have uh, this going on, which is weird. Uh, I, I, you, to your point about Belichick, I would say the time. I mean, you realize he's been defeated for a while. His slamming of the tablet was one of the laziest things I've ever seen. Like, that's just a defeated man. He basically just dropped it. Didn't even break.
0: Yeah, I was looking for footage of that, and I finally found it. I, I was hoping, because I didn't see it live, but I was getting a bunch of messages about it. Like, hey, did you see what Bill did? Oh, my God, Bill just ruined that tablet. And then I finally found the clip on social, and I was disappointed. I, I'd give that I'd give that tablet toss a 3 out of 10. Yeah, this well, oh, is an
2: old defeated man. It was still usable, right? Like, that's the thing. Somebody <laughs> picked it up, just, just brushed some grass off of it. And then they kept using it. I think Tom Brady a few years ago, he showed us how to do it. He broke the crap out of one of them yeah. like two years ago. That's how you do it.
0: Can yeah. we have this conversation, the three of us? How, how good are the Detroit Lions? Do we know that answer yet?
2: I would say no. I think that they are good enough that they're going to run away with a bad division. But I don't know if I am running to back Detroit against the powers of the NFC. Adam? Yeah, Detroit against...
3: I don't know, what, the 49ers and Philly? Well, not the 49ers yesterday. Uh, Like Philly and the Niners, I I would have to say they're not quite there yet, but I think they're good, not great.
0: So they have a good win over the Chiefs on the road. They go at Kansas City, win that game on opening night, but here's the rest of their wins. At home against Seattle, at home against Atlanta, none of those are special. At Green Bay, Green Bay's not a good team this year. At home against Carolina, at Tampa Bay. They have a lot of wins, but only one of them are good, and We know what it's like. We've we've been on this NFL for a long time now. You know, that team that wins the Super Bowl the previous year and comes back for trophy night, like, they are so concerned about what they're going to wear and the ticket requests and, like, the trophy and the banner and all that. And you can catch a team opening night. We've seen it happen a lot in our lifetimes. I, I can't wait to see what happens when the Lions face, you know, San Francisco or Dallas. I know Philadelphia has been a little shoddy as of late. You know, Jalen Hurts has been arguably the worst quarterback in that division, and that's saying something. He's got seven touchdowns and seven picks. But Philly still defensively would give Detroit fits. I I agree. I I don't know if they're the fourth or the fifth best team in the NFC, but they're not in my top three by any stretch.
2: But what about next week? They're on the road against Baltimore.
0: Yeah, what's the number? I don't have it in front of me. I'm going to guess Baltimore is a three, four-point favorite.
2: Three with a total of 42.
0: Three and 42, okay. Um, I just wish the Ravens would stop making mental mistakes and, and dropping first downs and touchdowns. That's been a rough been a rough go of it. Obviously, they've been banged up all year. J.K. Dobbins is out for the year. They've had other guys in the receiving room go down. Um, and Mark Andrews has been sort of nowhere near 100%. I, I lean to the Ravens. That'll be, I'll tell you what, it's Monday right now. We've got a long way to go. But I'm going to guess by Friday and by Saturday, the books are going to need Baltimore bad. Mm. That, That has public stinky dog written all over it. Oh, I can get four with the Lions. I can get three and a half with the Lions. And meanwhile, the market's moving the other way. Away from Detroit. That feels like it's going to be a very public dog this
2: weekend. Sounds like some good old reverse line movement. I think that's what that is, right? That's, that's what you're describing the phenomena that is RLM. Right. Sam Peniatovich with us, betting analyst Ness and Fox Sports. Chicken in a pot as well. Very much worth the listen. Uh, I wanted to transition over to college football before we get you out of here. Any read on Ohio State, Penn State, and, of course, uh, Buckeyes dealing with injuries. Ibuka didn't play. Henderson didn't play. His backup didn't play. I think they got a corner that's banged up, too. What do you make of the uh, Big Ten showdown? Buckeyes opened as four-and-a-half-point favorites.
0: This has been the spot historically where I have hated James Franklin since he got to Penn State. They win against nobody. I mean, look at their schedule. I don't have the full schedule in front of me, but I want to say their strength of schedule right now, is 87th. I was looking at it this morning. I mean, they've, they've beaten nobody. They're like, they beat Iowa and West Virginia and Delaware. <laughs> like the, hey, the UMass? UMass. Run. Oh, yeah, they beat UMass. What, right. 63 to nothing? That's right, yeah. Um, this is the game where they usually get out toughed by Ohio State or Michigan. Um, that's Again, you don't want to blanket handicap something like that, but when you feast on garbage, for two straight months almost, and then you play a top three or a top five team in the country, this is where the lack of competition and the lack of physicality hurts you. I I can't believe the line is, is only four, four and a half. I, I have a feeling that Ohio State's going to win by a touchdown. I'm not a big Buckeyes guy either. They don't really have a quarterback this year, but their defensive line is very, very good. And you go back and you watch the way that Ohio State played against a team like um, – like Notre Dame a couple of weeks ago, just completely shut Notre Dame down. Then you watch Notre Dame against USC, and you're like, wow, Notre Dame might be good. No, Ohio State is good mm-hmm. defensively. But we never talk about Ohio State's defense because we talk about Marvin Harrison and Abuka and Fleming and Henderson and, and whoever's at quarterback, Kyle McCord the guy right now. But this is a, a big mismatch for me, and I, I think laying four-and-a-half right now on a Monday is not a bad idea with Ohio State.
2: What do you got going on in terms of podcasts, and Fox Sports? What are people looking for?
0: Well, I've got the, uh, the NFL king, Ed Sammons, from the Superbook. He's going to be coming on the podcast this week. And uh, I did make a bet. I don't know if you guys can bet this stuff right now. I, I, I know Austin Matthews is sort of making me look dumb right now because he has two hat tricks in two games. But <laughs> I bet the kid from Colorado, Miko Rantanen, to win the Richard Trophy. That's uh, the most gold scored, for those that don't know. I bet him at 20-1. to one. Now, that number's gone down a little bit. Is he going to beat McDavid or Matthews? Eh, probably not. But I, he scored a lot last year, and I think he's going to have a big 50-goal season this year for Colorado. So, if you're looking for a long shot, I don't hate Ranton Rantanen to win the Richard Trophy.
2: Follow him on Twitter at SPShoot. Sorry, X. At SPShoot. Sam, appreciate it, man. Good to talk to you.
0: All right, got to find my bail-out-of-jail parlay now. I'll Sorry. talk to you guys later. Got to
2: have it ready just in case. You never know. Well, you can't have one planned and then just plan on getting arrested. Yeah, just like, have one ready. This is such a good
3: parlay. I'm going to get arrested
2: so I can do it. Yeah, just have one ready every week because you never know what kind of you, – you could go to Reno and hang out with your buddy and all of a sudden end up with a black eye and no leather jacket.